0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's open our Bibles this morning <clears throat> to um, 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're using this as a text. Um, we're not probably going to stay here real long today. Um, I feel like that there's some things that the Spirit of God wants me to share with you that I know that will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Can you turn this down just a little bit, Tyler? Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God, I, I, uh, this is going to be good. You know, it's really good you showed up today. Amen. Because you're in for a treat. Glory to God. Now get ready because chances are He's probably going to want you to participate in some way. And everybody say, I'm willing. You know, the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. How many of you like eating the good? But you got to be willing. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the Apostle Paul, he referred to him and those that were of his company as fools for Christ. You know, the things of uh, the kingdom of God make no sense to the world. Just like when we gather in the name of Jesus, lift our voices, our hearts and hands to the Lord, when there's an expression that comes from within us to him, the world doesn't understand that they think we're foolish well maybe we are but i tell you what praise god there's nothing better than being able to honor the king and to magnify his name amen praise god <clears throat> so we don't get too uh, concerned about what the world thinks if you're concerned about what your neighbors think in your world the world around you you know and all the social whatever uh, you're not going to have a very good time in jesus that's all there is to it because because you know <clears throat> A lot of that is just having yourself on your hands. You, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Uh, you got to stop caring about what other people think. and you, the other, There's only one person that matters, and it's him. Isn't that right? Yeah. Praise God. So the sooner that you discover that and not be troubled about it, you don't have to, you know, uh, do one of these numbers. You know, you just be settled in your own self as to who you are in Jesus. Amen. We're going to walk with the master, you know. It's going to be awesome. Praise God. So anyway, I really do want you to just prepare your hearts here because no matter where you are, what your circumstance is, um, uh, life in general, uh, there's, I believe there are some things that God is going to speak to you specifically about your own personal life. And some of those things may be challenging. So don't get mad at me. Take it up with him. Okay. But at the same time, I think the the more heavily weighted side of this is is the desire God has so much for each and every one of us to experience him, to experience his uh, power, his grace, and his blessing in our lives. And um, so if you'll do that, uh, wow, some great things can happen. Amen. What do you think? Y'all ready for that? And even those of you that are there in your living rooms or wherever you may find yourself, the same thing applies. Uh, there is power available and the potential for great grace uh, for you to experience in your life if you'll take hold of this. So anyway, let's pray together, and then we'll get into this, and we'll just see uh, where it all goes. Amen. I'm as excited about it as you are. You know, I never get to preach what I want to preach, you know. I mean, so I just kind of, you know, tie Tie a knot in the end of the rope and hang on. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we love you so very, very much. We're so grateful, Father, that you were willing to send your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. he came, Father, as a ransom for all of mankind that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, the Apostle Paul said that if the gospel is hid, it's hidden to those that are lost. And we never think sometimes when it comes to humanity, Father God, about perishing or being lost. But they are, in fact, just that, because of sin. But Jesus came, and Father, for that we're thankful. We're thankful, Father, that we've come into the knowledge of the truth and that we know, hallelujah, of the redemption that is provided. I ask you, Father, to help us as the people of God, as the children of God, to share our faith with the world that is around us. So that they too can know. And so for these few moments that we have together, Father, in the Word, I want to thank you for not only utterance in the Holy Ghost, but rather hearts to believe, eyes to see, and ears to hear. And I just thank you for meeting with us here today to speak to each and every one of us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice with me, if you would, please, again, the text in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 The Apostle Paul told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. Everybody say, fight the good fight. Fight fight. Yeah, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are also called and has professed or confessed a good confession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who makes alive all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every time I read this, I get excited. Jesus is going to show. Hallelujah. I remember the story about a little old lady. She was a Pentecostal holiness, you know, and so they didn't go to movies or anything like that, which sometimes I think probably is a good idea. But anyway, she didn't go to any movies or anything. But she put on the dog, you know, she had a really nice dress and a hat. These years and years ago, and she's walking down the street. Of course, you know, uh, most things were pretty close and whatnot, didn't do a lot of driving. She's walking down the street and So one of the women that they they shunned her, you know, they they mocked her, you know, because she was a holy roller. Well, thank God for holy rollers. Amen. And Bible thumpers and religious fanatics and all the rest of the descriptive words that they come up for us with us or for us. Anyway, she's walking down the street. And so one of her neighbors seen her there, you know, and they said, well, where do you think you're going? You know, she's all duded up. She says, bless God, I'm going to the show. And they said, what do you mean going to the show? You don't go to shows. He says, no, no, I'm going to the show. And, you know, they didn't understand what she was saying. She says, you know, praise God. He says, the Bible says that, <clears throat> that, that Jesus is going to show. Praise God. He says, that's the show I'm going to. Glory to God. Amen. And, you know, praise God. Thank God he is going to show. And actually he's showing right now. Praise God. Great things are happening. But anyway, it says again in this verse to conclude, in verse 15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and the only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Glory to God. We could go on reading, but I'm telling you what, King Jesus Why don't you raise one hand toward heaven just thank him that he is the king. Father, we thank you today that you are the all-sufficient one. You're the king. Hallelujah. No one else besides you. Praise God forevermore. And we thank you for that this morning. Glory to God. You know, fighting the good fight of faith, some have said, you know, it's a good fight because we win. Well, I I might agree with that to some degree. But on the other hand, I'd also say that it is a fight or I would say it's a good fight, with the potential of being won. You know, he said to fight the good fight of faith, but not everyone does it. Potentially, winning is available, but only if you fight. Now, of course, you know, there's a lot that goes on with that if you know what you're fighting for, what it means to fight the good fight of faith, and understanding the weapons that Jesus has equipped us with to be able to enter into this battle, which we don't have time, you know, to go into. But it is certainly a, a fight worth fighting. Would you say amen? Why? Because it'll change your life. It'll alter the way that you live. You know, and, and I tell you what, it'll change your world. How many of you, you know, you, 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 if you're tired of the world that you're living in, guess what? It can change. How many of you are tired of your world and want it to change? Huh? I mean, you know, the, the, the ongoing constant, you know, drag and all of the things that are going on. I'm telling you what, praise God, with faith, glory to God, that can change. And hallelujah, it needs changing. So, you know, when we talk about faith, fighting the good fight of faith, we're talking about, first of all, number one, discovering. Everybody say discovering. (laughs) Discovering the known will of God through the Bible. You know, when I first got saved, man, and I got turned on to the word, I mean, I discovered buried treasure. Because all of a sudden, things come alive in the scriptures, and I come to find out, you know, all of the stuff that I once thought I knew, it didn't amount to a hill of beans. But the truth began to set me free. And it's the discovery of that truth, glory to God, that changes everything when you know the will of God through the Bible. And number two, everybody say believing. So you got to discover it, but then once you find out about it, you got to believe it. You know, so it's believing in, in this declared. Did you know God has said some things? And he is, he is watching over his word to perform it. You know, Joshua stood up and testified to the fact that not one word, not one good word of all that God promised ever failed. You know, God's word is true. People explain it away. People don't understand it. People, you know, have their own reasonings and whatever, you know, the like. But the reality is, is that the living word of God is absolutely true. And people who choose to believe it, their lives get changed. Hallelujah. And then number three, so we're discovering, we're believing in the declared or revealed will of God. And number two, everybody say walking. Walking. Yeah, guess what? you got to do it. Hallelujah. Walking in the light of what it is that he said and and promised. Because when you obey, life changes. You know, I came out of the world just like so many other people when I met Jesus at 19. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God on the inside of me started correcting my life. started correcting the direction of my life. Inwardly, I knew there were things that I was doing that did not please him. Everybody that's born of the Spirit of God knows the difference between right and wrong. But now you have to choose. Everybody say, yes, I do. you got to choose. You know, if you're going to harbor unforgiveness, then you're outside the blessing of God. If you're going to be jealous and envy, you're going to be outside the will of God. You know, if you become hard-hearted and full of pride or, you know, you're just stubborn or whatever, you're outside of the will of God. That's why I say fighting the good fight of faith has the potential of you being able to win, but only if you do it on his terms. Huh? Everybody say, I'm willing. i I tell you what, praise God. You know, you get enough uh, hurt and pain, messed upness, and, you know, all of the things, you know, that people end up suffering, it won't take long for you to get straightened out. Well, at least we hope it wouldn't. Amen. People want to blame everybody else for all their problems. Guess what? That's not the problem. Thanks for your enthusiasm. That always goes over great, you know. When, when, you, when, you, when you shut the door on abdicating responsibility to something or someone else and say, no, dude, go look in the mirror. You want change? I'm telling you what, the God of heaven and earth stands ready. I mean, he wants to bring about a change, and it begins with each and every one of us. It starts with you. Amen? Well, I'm not happy about this. The church didn't do me right. This person did me wrong, you know, and, you know, those, those neighbors of mine, I mean, I tell you what. Listen, you might as well forget about all that noise because that's not going to get you where you want to go. Can I can I get a witness? Amen. But I tell you what, praise God, when you just get down to the sh- what we call in Iowa the short rows, You know, and you start looking at life, uh, you know, through the perspective of God's written living word where your life. I mean, you know, I don't have to be so concerned about everybody else. I got enough going on with me. Hallelujah. So, you know, we'll just take care of him and and then, you know, let the rest of it get figured out with whosoever. Hallelujah. But again, discovering, believing and walking, you know, in the light of what it is that he's promised. I'll give you an example the power that is in forgiveness oh praise god so many of you have already experienced that in your relationship with god when you were washed in the blood and that blood was applied to your life to bring freedom i just had a graveside service for paul elliott many of you probably knew paul Uh, i used to attend our church here but 71 years of age, and went on to be with the Lord. I talked with him before he'd went and things. He says, Pastor, I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. And so he's shouting, he's shouting in the, the glory land. Amen. And uh, many of you wouldn't know this about his story, but he actually ended up going to prison and spending some time um, <clears throat> in a penitentiary. But he said, you know, it wasn't until I, got, I went to prison that I actually had the opportunity to experience being free, because he got saved in prison, got turned on to the Word. I talked with many of his family members, and, you know, he had a lot of things that went on in his life, and he was so full of anger. You know, life's not always fair. There are so many things that go on within our lives, you know, that can can so soil and spoil our life, and he was one of those people. And he ended up, you know, getting caught, getting sentenced, ended up in the pen. And Jesus showed up. Actually, the chaplain in that penitentiary is the one who led him to the Lord. And pretty soon he was helping the chaplain, you know, with, with everything else. We're talking about freedom on the inside, not on the outside. I mean, you know, you can be in prison and still be free. And that's exactly what happened in his life. And then when he got out, he started living for God. Praise God. And so thank God for that. And what a privilege it is to do a, a, a funeral for someone who knows Jesus. You know, when you do funerals for people, you don't know where they're at. That's not a lot of fun. And you, I mean, what do you, how do you help people? What do you tell them? Thank God the Apostle Paul said, I wouldn't have you sorrow if even as others which have no hope. Well, thank God we've got hope. And that family, that Elliot family has hope because they know. Praise God. Paul's shouting uh, the victory and... and uh, uh, in the glory of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, it kind of got off there. Well, I was talking about forgiveness. So good to be forgiven. Amen. And it's so good to forgive. Yeah. The Bible says this, I, even I, am he, God speaking, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. You know, the Bible says that God takes your sins and puts them as far as the east is from the west. But you'd be surprised how many people, when they've been forgiven, still have a tendency to be able to condemn themselves for what it is that they had done wrong. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're guilty and you need to repent, then by all means, let's do it. But once we've done it, let's have confidence in the forgiving power of the living God. Can you say amen? Because it sets the captive free, glory to God. You know, I'm gonna take a little side journey here, okay? Is that all right with you? I'm gonna do it anyway, but you know, I want you to listen, and I want you to realize, you know, <laughs> our God is all-powerful. Everybody say all-powerful. He's not just kind of, sort of, maybe, shows up once. He's all powerful in every way, without question, glory to God. He is El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. You know, he appeared to Abraham. I believe it's in the 17th chapter of Genesis. We won't go there. But he said, he said, He reveals himself and he says, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, hallelujah. Well, almighty God in the Hebrew language is the word El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. And I tell you what, praise God, he did the miraculous in Abraham's life and he'll do the miraculous in yours. If you discover the word of God, if you believe what it is he said, and glory to God, begin walking in the light of it. You can enjoy God's goodness where your life is concerned. Turn with me. Oh, I tell you what. Turn with me. I said turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. Woo! I'm going to take my coat off for this. It's going to be good. Amen. Isaiah 43. Aren't you glad for his promises today? Hallelujah. A lot of times people say, well, Pastor, you know, I want you to really address my issue and my problem, this and that and the other. Listen, if I can get your eyes on God and how big he is, your problems will disappear. Come on, if I can get you you off your hands, woo! glory to God, some great things can happen. You know, that's the biggest problem where some people are concerned. They just, they got too much of themselves on their hands. Come on, give me a break, lighten up, will you? If I can show you God, and you start looking at Dad, then I guess, guess what? Life will change. You won't have to be so sullen. You won't have to be so, you know, down in the mouth. You won't have to be so sober all the time. Hallelujah. God didn't make you some, you know, dried up prune. <laughs> Hallelujah. He intended for your life to be rich and fat and full and bless, glory to God. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We ought to tell ourselves that a little more often. It'd probably help us. Hallelujah. Look at this verse of Scripture. Oh, hallelujah. Look at this verse of Scripture in, in verse 15, 43 and 15. He said, I am the Lord, woo, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, uh, your King. How many of you today, He's your King? Come on, he's your king. Notice what he goes on to say. Thus saith the Lord. And then he begins to describe himself, which makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Remember when he uh, opened up the deal and they went through on, you know, dry ground. Remember that? Notice it goes on to say, which brings forth in verse 17, the chariot and the horse, the army and the power they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched, the King James says, as a toe, or in other words, they're extinguished like a wick. You know, if you got a candle going, you can go over there, you know, and you just extinguish it, poof, it's gone. Well, that's the way that God did the whole entire Egyptian army, drowned them in the sea. So he says in verse 4 or 16 thus saith the Lord then he describes what he's done and then in verse 18 he says do not remember the former things now king james says remember ye not the former things neither consider the things of old listen behold are you ready He said, forget about whatever's going on in the past. In verse uh, 19, he says, I will do a new thing. Woo! How many of you want a new thing? Come on, how many of you want a new thing? God wants to do a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? In other words, don't you see it? Can't you perceive what's going on here? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm telling you, God's into doing new things. He's into doing new things. Are you ready for something new in your life? You know, are you tired of, you know, stale manna? Are you tired of mediocrity? Are you tired of same old, same old? You know, God wants to stir you up. You know, sometimes we've been, we've been looking at everything in our circumstances and our lives for so long that we can't even see the forest for the trees. But God wants to do a new thing. If we'll just say, hey, I'm ready for something new. I want a new thing where my life is concerned. I'm ready for a new thing. I'm ready for a new thing in our church. I'm ready, praise God, to reach the world that's around us. I'm tired of listening to everybody's griping and complaining and criticizing and all of that. I'm telling you, I'm ready for a new thing. Glory to God. And you can be ready too, wherever your life is concerned. Are you ready? That's what you have to ask yourself. Because, pray, say this with me, God, God. I'm ready for a new thing. Say it again, I'm ready for a new thing. thing. Glory to God, I am ready for a new thing, glory to God. Because he wants to do it just for us. And you know, he's in the habit of doing new things. Just like he said right here, man, I'm going to do something new. I've done all this, but just you wait. Glory to God forevermore. And and so I'm going to do kind of a bump bump, 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 bump through uh, uh, some history here and talk to you about some things that God has done new. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Notice here in Jeremiah 31 and verse 31. Listen, it says right here, it says, Behold. You know, he's kind of in that habit of saying, listen, hey, behold, woo." You know, it's trying to get everybody's attention, wake up. Behold, the days are coming. How many of you believe God's word's true? Huh? He says right here, he says, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, the day that I took them by the hand, you know, to lead them out of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'm going to put my laws in their inward parts and write them in their hearts, and I will be their God. They shall be my people, and they shall teach, or they shall, uh, teach no more. Every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, glory to God, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, says the Lord. Listen, for I will what? What's that word? I'm going to forgive, glory to God, their iniquities, and I will remember their sin no more. Aren't you glad this morning, glory to God, for the forgiveness of our Father through the blood of Jesus? You know, he said, there's a day coming when this is going to happen. 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed up and made it happen. Praise God, and he provided a Savior for you and I, Jesus Christ the righteous, so that we could be delivered and saved from the sins of this world. And it's when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that salvation comes to our lives. Now, let me qualify that. Because a lot of folks say, well, I believe. You know, believing is more than saying words. Believing is surrendering. In other words, you say you believe God or you believe in God, Well, you don't really believe in God until you surrender your will to his and what it is that he said. Just to say, well, I believe. Well, good for you. So does the devil. Are you listening to me? So when we talk about true believing, it's surrendering your heart to him for the salvation that he brings and the forgiveness that he offers. It's awesome. I tell you what, faith in God can bring forgiveness, folks. Many of you have already experienced that. That's why you and I have no right to hold or harbor one another in unforgiveness. Now, I know that, you know, that's not always a real exciting word for you. But if you want to do life God's way, you've got to let go. You have to forgive. You say, well, I just can't. No, that's not true. You don't want to. Huh? If you rely on your feelings, yes, you're going to have a hard time. But if, if, as an act of your will, everybody say, I've got a will. You've got a will, praise God, and you can say, as an act of my will. There has been many times when I haven't wanted to forgive people. Dude, I don't want to go out and beat the living daylights out of them. Can we do that? No. Would I feel better? Well, maybe for a while. No. But as an act of our will, praise God, we can do what it is that God tells us. You know, I've, I've shared many times and stories, you know, that I've had with people where people do you wrong. How many of you know when people do you wrong, you're not really inclined to pray for them? You know, but the Bible said, Jesus said, pray for those that despitefully use you. That's not fun. Any of you get a charge out of that? Well, it depends on your disposition. You know, I've found myself, you know, it's been a little difficult. But, you know... When the Lord speaks to you and says, listen, pray for them. I remember one time talking to him about a situation. He said, pray for them. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to pray for them. I know. You think you're looking at perfection, but just ask my wife that nothing could be further from the truth. I don't want to pray for them. You know, at least you can be honest with God. You know, but, but it wasn't like God said, well, okay, I, I, I get it. You know, I know how you feel. Forget it. You don't have to pray for them. No, the same response, pray for them. I don't want it, Lord. I don't want to pray. Pray for them. Okay, I'll pray. And I got to tell you, I didn't pray with a lot of heart. Okay? Why? Because I, I'm, in a, I'm in a fight. I'm in a challenge. I'm fighting a good fight of faith. That's what faith does. It forgives. You know? And finally, you know, the more I got to praying for them, the better I got to feeling. Well, isn't that amazing? Huh? And pretty soon my heart was drawn towards them because it's like Stephen when he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. People aren't very bright sometimes. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. But thank God you and I have the privilege of being able to stand in a place. And a lot of times when it comes to unforgiveness, you know, it really isn't, <clears throat> the damage isn't done to the one who's offended. The damage is done to the person who doesn't forgive. You're the one that ends up being disadvantaged because you won't let it go. But I tell you what, there's power, such incredible power available for you to forgive. Glory to God. Maybe that's your case here this morning, but I tell you what, God wants to do it. Amen? You know, when Peter was writing, he says, you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain, empty manner of life that you received from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus, of Christ, As a lamb without blemish and spot, who was ordained before the foundation of the world, manifest in these last times for you. Huh? Who, by him, we believe in God, that raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope may be in God. I don't know about you this morning, but my faith and hope is in God. Amen? How about you? Glory to God. Praise God. Everybody say it together. I can forgive. Yeah, you can forgive. You, you flat out can forgive. Why? Because the greater one's on the inside of you. Yeah. Amen. Now, you may have to search your heart a little bit to find out whether, in fact, you really have forgiven. <laughs> Remember this story about this one woman. She, uh, there was a guy that came, pastored this church, you know, and he was a brand new pastor. And, and uh, he no more, he hadn't even been there a week. She comes knocking on the door, you know, and she wants to talk to him and uh and uh he says well come on in you know and had had her sit down and things he says so how can i help you he says well sooner or later you're going to hear about this but i want to let you know the real story before you know you get to hearing whatever and uh he says well you know right then man you 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 know something don't smell very good here and uh so he said well what's the problem he says well he says, I just want you to know about what old sister so-and-so did to me. Somebody in the church. Imagine that. You know, uh, <laughs> congregants fighting with one another. <laughs> imagine that. Well, anyway, don't fuss. Are you listening to me? Lots of folk like to fuss. And, you know, you're just better off not doing that. Well, so anyway, she says, you know, this." Uh, you know, <laughs> she says, well, I want you to know that I've, I've forgiven. I've forgiven her. But I will never forget what that old devil did to me. Well, you know what? And, and the preacher, he just stood up and said, you're a bald-faced liar. She didn't forgive him or her, I should say, in this case. You know, a lot of times, you know, people, they, they shuck and jive and they do this deal, but dude, their stuff. I was telling my wife, I came up from upstairs or downstairs um, uh, to get ready to come this morning. And um, I said, I got a good sermon title. And she said, what's that? And I said, uh, what was it? It's really good. Huh? No, 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 no. The un, uh, uh, not unrevealed. What was it? Un, uh, yeah, come on, baby. Huh? Underlying circumstances. That's what it was. You know, a lot of times you'll look at people's lives and you'll say, well, my God, I mean, to tell you, I mean, if anybody should, you know, if Jesus should have showed up or Jesus should have done this or, well, I mean, it should have been them. I mean, they're good. There's underlying conditions that you don't know anything about. Are you listening to me? That's why you better be careful about how you judge the will of God and the word of God. It's not based upon somebody else's experience. It's based upon what he said. Are you with me? And sometimes you won't always understand, you know, or you may not know exactly. But I'm telling you, underlying conditions like unforgiveness, like pride, like stubbornness, like a whole litany of different things can cause many and, and much heart-breaking problems in people's lives. Are you with me? So when we deal about you know you that's the thing about it is is you know people tr- they think that they can um, shuck and jive God you can't I mean come on you're talking about the you're talking about God Almighty you might as well just get honest you know well I don't have a problem well yeah you do you really do you know and that's the deceptive nature of sin and what it, and I don't know how come he to get off on all of this but it's good anyway. You know, you really want to be free? Yeah. You want God to do a new thing? Yeah. Then you've got to deal with what I'm talking about right here, right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be cynical and critical and harbor all that because you think you know everything. You know, I mean, we live in a world, man. we got so many, of, you know, experts. And they're a spurt, all right. On so many of areas of your life. Huh? Let me tell you about you. Huh? How many of you know that doesn't always go over real good, so then you get, you know, the whole, I get to love these people anyway thing going. How many of you are still glad you came today? Daryl. you all right? Okay, glory to God. Thank God. No, he said, praise God, that because of the blood of Jesus, we've been forgiven. And it was the power that's in his blood that cleansed us you know, from the inside out. To, you know, that was the most astounding, I mean, incredible thing about my life when I gave my heart to Jesus. Because after I had made my commitment to Him, the, the, the consciousness of sin was gone. And it really scared me. I mean, I was excited, but I didn't know what had happened to me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I had to call somebody and say, hey, i got to talk to you. Something's happened. And said, well, you've been born again. But I didn't understand that when Jesus, you know, when, when he washes you in his blood, he lifts and carries away all the consciousness of sin. That's the way he wants us to live. That way, and so, so having said that is, is if you ever sin, repent fast, quickly, don't hang on, well, you know, I want to wait about two or three days because I want them to suffer before I say I'm sorry. Am I in the right house? Okay, well, I'm in somebody's house anyway. Glory to God. Amen. So, talking about the power that is in forgiveness. And, dear friend, you know, no matter where you are, those of you that are watching, you know, uh, through uh, uh, YouTube and, and Facebook, you know, you can be forgiven if you'll just simply come to Him. Yes. Praise God. You just put it all, lay it all down and say, God, I need you. Yep. Hallelujah. And guess what? He'll show up because He's a faithful God. Hallelujah. The power of forgiveness. You know, the woman taken and adulterated, we don't have time to turn, but it's a great example in uh, uh, John chapter 6. You can look at it some other time. No, chapter 8. You know, <clears throat> The last time I checked, it took two people to commit adultery. Is that, is that the way you understand that? Well, the religious rulers of, the, of, of that particular day decided they were just going to get the woman. I'd like to know where the guy was. Why didn't they drag him in there and, you know, get some rocks uh, gathered up for him? Well, anyway, they brought this woman. Such a humiliating thing that they did to this gal. Drug her out in a public kind of way, and just humiliated her. Said this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act, we found them in bed together. Now, Moses said she ought to be stoned. What do you say? Thank God Jesus, you know, he knew everything about their motive. He knew everything about the evil that was in their hearts. You know? And so after a period of him, them chiding him and, you know, goading him for an answer and things, he just said, whichever one of you is without sin, you can start the party. And they being convicted one by one in their own conscience of their stuff, dropped their rock, turned around, and started to walk away. Now the woman's still there. Jesus is still there. He finally, I think, he knelt down and was drawn in the in the ground, on the ground or something of that nature. And he stood up and uh, he said, Woman, he said, uh, Where are your accusers? Is there no one to condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. Now listen to this. This is powerful. He says, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That's the mercy of God. And that's the forgiveness that's available to anyone. Are you listening to me? It doesn't make any difference what it is that you've done. You can be forgiven. That's the power that is in the blood if we as people will just come. Hallelujah. Unreservedly. Wow. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? I said it's pretty powerful. That's what forgiveness can do in your life. So we're talking about fighting a good fight of faith. Well, that's what faith does, man. It finds out what the Bible has to say. It discovers, praise God, I can be forgiveness, forgiven. Now, another thing, you know, not only is there the power that's in forgiveness, but there's power in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, yes, there is. Yes. Now, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Holy Ghost. Is that all right with you? Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Turn over there with me, Acts chapter 2. You know, he said, I'm going to do a new thing. Well, in Jeremiah, he said, that, Behold, the days come. I'm going to change people's hearts. And praise God, the new birth became available to all of us. And then, he, and then, you know, this is a new thing. The Holy Ghost within the dimension of the New Testament church is something new. Woo! You know, Joel, actually, you know, we're going to read what it is that, that Peter said here. Hallelujah. But he's quoting Joel Behold, the days come. And I'm going to pour out the Holy Ghost. God does new things in people's lives. Now notice what it says here in Acts chapter 2, because Peter's preaching, hallelujah. And he says here in verse, let's start with um, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, you men of Judah. He said, and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, listen to what I've got to say. These guys or people are not drunken as you suppose. Now, so listen to that. I mean, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, guess what? Everybody got happy. You ever been around a drunk person? Huh? Now, if they're a mean drunk, it's a different deal. But I'm telling you, most of the time, when when they start getting drunk, they start getting really happy. You know, they they throw off all reservation, man. We're just all happy. Huh? They said, these people are drunk. He said, no, man, it's only nine in the morning. It takes longer than that. You know what I'm saying? These are not drunk as you suppose. So there was, there was a, an expression of, of joy and cheer and gladness. Hallelujah. I mean, God is doing something here. He's doing a new thing, and nobody understands it, but God does. I mean, the people that were in it didn't even understand it. Hallelujah! So he goes on, he says here in verse uh, uh, da, 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 16, he says, but this is that, everybody say, this is that. this is that, yeah, that was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come, and this is what he said, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. That I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they'll prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And whosoever, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Glory to God be delivered. Woo. And he preached a whole lot more. You know, and they finally just said, what do we need to do? And he said, repent. Let's just drop down and let's read that. And when they heard this in 37, they were pricked in their hearts. And Peter and to the rest of the apostles, they said, men, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive. Everybody say, I will receive. Yeah, I'll receive the the gift of the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. Uh, You know, it's a gift. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I got a a gift for you. And it is amazing to me how many people aren't interested in that gift. They look at it, you know, kind of like this, arm's length. Dude, I'm telling you what, if God's got something, I'm going after it. I'm going to find out. I'm going to get in there like the hog in the trough, you know. Let's eat. Well, you know, I just don't know so much about that. Listen, dude, if it's in the Bible, you need to get yourself squared away. You need to find out what the Bible has to say. And somebody else isn't going to do this for you. You know, the Bible says those that hunger and thirst, they hunger and thirst, you hunger and thirst, you will be what? Filled. And if you're not, you won't. Well, it's divisive. What are people going to think? You know, I don't want to be named amongst them holy rollers. Well, then maybe you need another dip in the well of salvation. You know, Jesus talked about this, the power of the Holy Ghost. And before he uh, ascended up into heaven, he says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you receive. Everybody say receive. Receive receive the power or the gift, the promise of my Father. And then on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, I tell you what, God does these suddenly things. I mean, he does a new thing, bam, right there. Why? Because somebody is ready to receive. Are you ready to receive? You got to receive it. Well, I'm just waiting on God. You know, I'm, you know, I'm hoping he'll do something. No, man, he's waiting on you to receive. Glory to God. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They begin to speak in this unknown language. Glory to God. Woo, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. God is doing a new thing. Well, I don't think I need that. Will you prune? What do you mean you don't need that? Look at the Bible. Read the Bible. Jesus told you, don't leave without it. Don't tell me you don't need it. There's something else going on there. I'm just going to leave that there. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak. The initial evidence of them being filled with the Spirit is they began to speak in an unknown language to them. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for the day of Pentecost. People say, well, what good is it? You know, here's the thing about this, you know, I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, if God says you need it, you need it. Huh? He said, you shall receive what? Power. Power After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Glory to God. And there's got to be something to this. You know, you can't just say, well, you know, I, I think when I got saved, I received the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and I'm born of the Spirit of God and I'm his child. And that's true because the Bible said, you know, Jesus, when he ascended, or when he was resurrected, talked to his disciples, and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. And it was in that moment that the church was born and those men become new creations in Christ Jesus. But then in, in all of that, he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem for another experience called the baptism of the Holy Ghost as we understand it now. huh? 41 days later, praise God, or 51 actually, 51 days later, the Holy Ghost showed up in a new dimension. The Bible says that you and I, it says you, beloved, building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that when we know not what to pray for, the Spirit of God can take hold together with us against whatever it is that's going on. Hallelujah. And we can pray, praise God, with the utterance that the Spirit of God gives us, which makes that a perfect prayer. Hallelujah. Don't tell me it ain't no good. I mean, I'm telling you what, praise God, that is the way that God shakes the world when people are praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, if you listen to your flesh, it will make sure you don't pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it wants dominion. It wants control. It doesn't, want to let, it doesn't want to let your heart, your spirit, the real you, be the one that's in control. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost to begin with, it's like oh bening otto But you know you keep it going. For very long, it'll be, yeah. and then you get happy. Yeah. And we all want you to get happy. Yeah. Come on. What's the name of that uh, company that sells raisins? Huh? What? Raisins. Yeah, sun kiss. You don't want your picture on their box. Especially that prune box. You with me? Come on, catch up. You know, when Jesus talked to his disciples... Before the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he says, listen, I'm getting ready to do a new thing. You wait right here, and it'll be here shortly. So why wouldn't you want to have a part of that? Huh? Look at Acts chapter 8. As long as we're talking about this, we're never going to get through everything I want to talk about. Acts chapter 8. Y'all glad you came today? Look at this. The Bible says, uh, let's see, where shall we go here? Um, Verse 5, this is Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things that Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with him, and many that were taken with palsies and those that were lame were healed. And guess what? There was great joy in that city. People got happy. Why? Because people are getting healed. So now let's drop down to verse 12. It says, when they believed, hallelujah, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized men and women. And Simon, who was a sorcerer, you know, himself believed also, and he was baptized, and he just dogged their tracks everywhere they went, wondering and beholding, The things that were done, verse 14. Now when the apostles, now wait a minute, back up, stop. So the Bible tells us that they believed Mm -hmm. on the Lord Jesus Christ and they were born of the Spirit of God, right? Right? Right. Is that right? Okay, that's right. But they don't have any baptism of the Holy Ghost as you and I know it, right? They're just saved. Now notice here in verse 14, When the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might what? That they might what? That they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, wait a minute. I thought you just told me that they're born of the Spirit of God. They believed on him. And yes, that's true. But Peter and John came down to pray for them. Hallelujah. That they might re. What's that word? receive say it again you know uh, so much of what it is that we're missing out here on when it comes to us believing God is we just we're not receiving you got to receive it Lord not only do I believe but I receive I believe that I receive what it is that you promised me glory to God forevermore well notice here again now it says in verse 15, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then laid they their hands on them, and they what? Received. They what? Received. They received. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now hands were laid upon him, but guess what? That person had to receive. Lord, I receive what it is that you have for me. Yeah. Glory to God. Woo! Now, so, I don't know what else it says after that. Uh, Well, they had this whole thing going on with Peter. Or, I mean, Simon. He offered him money, verse 19, give me this power to whomsoever I lay my hands on, they'll receive it. So he saw something. Huh? And notice in 20, we'll conclude here, that Peter said to him, your money perish with you, because you have thought that what? The what? The what? The what? The gift. The gift. The gift. The gift of God could be purchased with money. Man, why wouldn't you want the gift? Well, what are people going to think? Who cares? Huh? When's the last? Your joy is not in their head. Just get it. Yeah, forget it. Huh? Praise God forevermore. That's about all I can talk about there. Let's move on. Y'all doing all right? You know, praise God, I'm going to preach for a while. Is that okay? I've been, you know, I've been talking to that thing for 2 weeks. So give me a break. So we got the we got the power that is in forgiveness. Guess what? You can be forgiven. Huh? And not only that, but you can forgive, can't we? Huh? And then there's the power in the Holy Ghost. Woo! That you can have. You can be filled. You can use to your own advantage. You can build yourself up. Hallelujah. You can stay edified as a result of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, the reason a lot of people don't pray in other tongues is they don't think it does much good. Thank you for that burst of enthusiasm. Yeah, glory to God. Thank God we got one sister here, praise God, that does. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, don't listen to your flesh. You'd be surprised how excited you'd get. Glory to God forevermore. The devil's a liar, pants on fire. Amen. Yeah. So if you believe that, you keep. Ah, oh, I don't do much good. You won't, and then you won't have no power, huh? And why will it be? Because you didn't believe it, huh? You can be an unbelieving believer, huh? But you don't have to be. Praise God forevermore. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Glory to God. Well, all right. So, the power of forgiveness, the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me talk to you about the power of resurrection. You say, well, you're supposed to do that on Easter. I don't care. Huh? This is my message. I'm going to do it my way. Is that okay? The power that is in resurrection. Woo! And what it can do for you in your life. Look at this verse of Scripture with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, I tell you what, God's getting ready to do a new thing, baby. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm in that line. Yeah, the power of resurrection. You know, Paul, he's writing here. Of course, I just got done doing this funeral, so this is kind of fresh to me. You know, and I got to thinking about it in the context of this. I said, man, this will fit. Come on, the power of resurrection. Notice what he says here. In 1 Corinthians 15, let's start with verse 50. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold. Oh, here we go again. Listen. Behold. We got a little beholding going on here. Come on. That's an attention getter. Behold. I want to show you a mystery. A mystery is something we don't understand. We don't know. And he goes on to say, he says, "We shall not all sleep like in physical death, but we shall all be what's that word? Changed. Changed in a moment." I don't know the Greek language too much, but it's the word that we get our word from, Adam, in a moment, in a in a, a uh, uh, yeah, like bam, you know, quicker than a second, in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpets going to sound and the dead are going to be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, glory to God. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. And so when all of this has happened, then it's going to be brought to pass. Death is swallowed up. Woo! In victory. He says, oh death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. That's what causes people to experience separation from God is sin. The sting of sin is death. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is never, ever, 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 ever in vain in the Lord. It's never in vain in the Lord. When you share your faith, when you tell your story, when you talk to people about your God and how big he is, glory to God, it is never in vain. They say, well, I don't believe that. But they heard it. You told them the story. Isn't that right? Glory to God. And there's such power, power, power in this thing called resurrection. Now, you don't have to turn there. You can if you want to. Maybe they'll throw it up on the screen. When Paul was writing in his second letter to the Corinthians, he says, says, we having the same spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. Spirit. You know the spirit of faith believes in resurrection power. huh? Not only does it look back and see what it is that God did in raising his son from the dead but praise God he has provided resurrection life to all of your dead lives and he's given you new life so that you can live and walk in the newness of that life so that sin doesn't have dominion over you. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God, I don't have to be like I used to be. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. And so he says, We having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe. Woo! And therefore speak. The next what's the next word? Knowing. Knowing. What do we know, Paul? We know that he which raised up the Lord Jesus is gonna raise us up also by Jesus and he is going to present us with you. For all things are for your sake that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the, oh my Lord, I tell you what, you've got so much to be thankful for. You can rejoice in the resurrection power of God. He's coming again. He's going to receive his bride. You're going with him. Hallelujah. Sorry, I was reading, I got caught. Where was I? Oh, thanksgiving, redounding to the glory of God. You don't have any problems. You just need to have faith in God. He goes on to say, for which cause we faint not. Guess what? We're not gonna give up. You're not gonna give up. Everybody say, I am not gonna quit. You're not gonna quit. You're gonna keep believing God. You're gonna keep walking in love. You're gonna keep forgiving. You're gonna keep experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost and you're gonna experience the resurrection power of God. I mean, if everybody else goes and drives off the cliff, it doesn't mean you have to. Come on. Yeah, I don't wanna go there, get in trouble. Which cause we faint not. Though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. He's talking about your life. That moment is talking about your life. He said in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that's that little atomic kind of like small thing, bam, everything happens. This one is making reference to your life. We don't think about our life as a moment, but if you look at it in the context of eternity, guess what? It's a moment. Huh? Huh? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. Hallelujah! A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Woo! 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 I gotta find out where I'm at. I'm just quoting this, and I, I'm not even. I gotta. Where Where are we at here? While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are what? Temporary. They're temporary. They're temporal. But the things that are not seen, we're talking about fighting a good fight of faith, folks. We're talking about believing in something you can't see. Yeah. Woo, glory to God. Yeah, that's right. yeah, the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Next verse, verse 1 in chapter 5. For we know, everybody say, I know. For we know, Paul, what do we know? We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What a heritage and inheritance you have to look forward to. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Here's the thing, you guys, dude, listen, this is your future. This is our future. We're reading it from the Bible. And we're discovering what's going to happen. And we're saying, you know what? I'm in. I'm going to believe this stuff. Come on, because it brings about change where our lives are concerned. It's it's in your future. What's in my future? Resurrection. Glory to God. You know, you read, you know where this body's going to be put off, we're going to get us a new one, glory to God, new model, baby, that never wears out, doesn't talk to you about how much pain it's in, you know, all that kind of stuff, and how it doesn't want to do this, doesn't want to do that. Mine, the right house? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, thank God, that one's going. Yeah. We're going to get us a new one. Yeah. Come on, and it's coming our way. Yeah. That is what you have to look forward to. Resurrection. Maybe, a, you know, maybe you don't want to wait till then. Maybe you need some resurrection power today. Huh? Well, guess what? We could sure enough receive resurrection power today. Maybe it's for our marriage. Maybe it's some kind of a relationship. Maybe it's where our family, our home, our kids or something. I'm telling you what, there's power available. Glory to God. I mean, you stand between heaven and whatever's going on in your life to make a difference. Are you with me? Maybe a financial need, maybe a health thing, you know, whatever it is. I'm telling you what, I mean, it's available. And here's the thing you got to do, man. You just got to say, you know what? I'm having me some of that. Did you hear me? Guess what? It does involve you. So when you say, baby, I receive, I am willing, I am ready. Hey, God's doing a new thing and I'm ready for it right now. Praise God. But, you know, the thing about it is, is you've got to decide in your own heart, I'm ready, all right, and I'm ready to do whatever. Everybody say whatever. Whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Baby, if i got to get down and i got to ask somebody, God, or somebody to forgive me, baby, I'm in. I'm not letting it, I'm not letting my pride, and I'm not letting whatever it is that, You know, they've done me wrong. Keep this from happening. I am going to have it. Are you listening to me? I'm going to have the blessing of God in my life. Woo! I'm not going to go one more day. Everybody say, not one more day. Not one one more day with this thing going on in my life. You know, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're actually in a pretty good place. Because the potential for resurrection power exists within that environment to bring about an incredible supernatural change. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. You doing all right? You got time for one more? Okay. That's my brother-in-law. I'm going to take it. Glory to God. So we got the power for forgiveness, power of the Holy Ghost, power for resurrection. I, 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 you know, I don't know what's going on in your life, but, dude, I'm telling you what, we need, the, we need the blood and we need the power applied to your stuff, your life. Come on. And here's the thing about it. You know, if you'll apply it within your own heart, Lord, I believe I receive, praise God, and you take that as your own, it may not be different out here, but it'll change. Huh? It don't make no difference how it looks out here. We're having some of this. Huh? You know, we've been limping along for nine months or however it is because of this stupid virus. And I'm telling you what, baby, I'm done with this. I mean, God wants the church to move forward. Huh? And we're in this, you know, management mode. God didn't call the church just to manage the mode. Huh? We need to be about his business. Glory to God forevermore. So I believe that God is going to do a new thing in our church and amongst us and in our lives. And we're going to move forward. How many of you believe that? Well, what about the power, hallelujah, of health and healing? You know, there's there's power in the name. Huh? This man stands before you whole because of the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You know, let me read to you a few things here. You know, uh, this is what God said. Y'all, y'all believe God, right? And what He said. You know, uh, He had had this. You know, I think it's. I mean, the scale of what it is that God did in delivering Israel out of Egypt is absolutely astounding. Two and a half million people delivered out of the hands of the Egyptians. They get up against the Red Sea, and they got the, the army here and the sea here, and there's no place they can go. And God does this supernatural thing. I'm going to do a new thing, baby. You ain't never seen nothing like this before. Part the sea. And he parts the sea. Jesus did it. He was walking on the water. Hallelujah. You know, those are not normal things. I don't know if you knew that or not. But he parts the Red Sea. The whole nation goes across as on dry ground, and all of the Egyptian army is drowned within that sea. Now, you would think, you know, that people say, you know what? This God thing's pretty cool. Huh? You know, maybe we ought to pay some attention to what he's saying, and maybe we ought to do what it is that he said. and. You know, perhaps we could get blessed out of the deal. Well, they were happy, obviously. God delivered them with a mighty hand, no question about it. Three days later, everybody say three. Three days later, they're out walking in the wilderness. They've been three days' journey in the wilderness, and they can't find water. Well, the happy-go-lucky folks three days ago have now changed their tune. Now, you would never do that where your life is concerned. We're just talking about them. And all of a sudden, the Bible says they began to murmur. Hmm. And they started to talk ugly. That's That's another word for murmur, you know. And they start uh, talking ugly about God, and they start talking ugly about the preacher, and they start talking ugly about the, the leadership. And you know, your drug is out here in the middle of nowhere, and we got no water. You know, and Moses is, you know, he's, he's like, God, what? How? You can't even make this stuff up, man. I didn't ask for this. I didn't sign up for this. He says, Take that branch and put it in there. And the Bible says that God healed the bitter water because the water that they found was bitter. Are you with me? And so he made the water sweet. He healed the water. So in that moment then God said this. Said all that say this. There, right there in that moment, he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them or proved them and said, if everybody say if. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep His statutes. In other words, listen to the Bible and do what He says. Notice what He said. I will put none of the diseases on you which have been brought upon the Egyptians, for I am... Everybody say, I am. I am am the Lord who heals you. He is the Lord who who heals us. In, in uh, Jeremiah 30 and verse 17, he says this, For I will restore health unto you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. You know, if you need a restoration in your health, man, there's the verse. He said, I'll restore it to you. Are you with me? So you can say, God, that's what you said. The Bible says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages And it says that he preached or taught in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. Everybody say healing. Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You know, I'm telling you, dear friends, it's time to believe God and what it is that he said instead of what it is that we hear so often. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Glory to God. You know, we're just going to shovel off the whole load here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8, you're listening so good, why stop? <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. And when Jesus was come to Peter's house, now stop right there, look at me, stop, stop, stop. When Peter came, or when Jesus came to Peter's house, now remember, Jesus was the will of God in action, right? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we're about to see something here. I want you to see what is, what, what, what's going to happen here in just a moment. Notice again, verse 14. When Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw Peter's wife or uh, wife's mother, his mother-in-law, laid and sick of a fever. And he, Jesus, touched her. Oh, he touched me. Hallelujah. He touched me. Glory to God. Guess what, if you need a touch from heaven, you can receive it today, glory to God. And notice it says, "Uh, I lost my place, and the fever left her. Everybody say it, left her. I said the fever left her. It couldn't stay, glory to God forevermore. "And And she arose and ministered to them. And when the even was come, they brought to him many that were possessed, with devils and cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses glory to God forevermore hallelujah the power that is in health and healing you know, when, when this scripture here in Matthew is being quoted, it comes from Isaiah 53, 4. Okay? It says, Surely, everybody say surely. surely. Surely he hath borne our griefs or sicknesses and carried our sorrows or pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded For our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are what? Healed. Hallelujah. Healing belongs to the church. Glory to God forevermore. Are you listening to me? And here's a prophet 700 years looking into the future. And making this statement that we just got done reading. And then Peter, you know, on the other side of the cross after Jesus, you know, was raised from the dead, makes this statement, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were. Everybody say Were. You were healed. What's that mean? Well, Isaiah's looking to the future, but I'll tell you what, Peter was making a statement of fact as to what had already happened, baby. Healing belongs to us, and we can receive it because of what it is he's done. I got one more, but I ain't got time. I'll give it to you quick, just real quick. The quick part is the power that's in thanksgiving. Guess what? We're going to thank God this week, aren't we? Huh? And I don't have time to unpack that today, but I tell you what, praise God. Thanks, giving, and praise puts a stop to the enemy, the enemies in your life. Are you with me? And I could tell you a couple stories about, you know, what happened in Jericho. You know, man, I'm telling you what, they went around that place. You know, that one day they went seven times, and then They shouted. And, you know, people say, well, the walls fall down. Well, I've been there. I got a chance to go one time, and actually the walls didn't fall down. The walls were pushed down into the ground. <laughs> Listen to me. Only God does that kind of stuff. In other words, you say, you know, I don't really want you to have to walk across all the rubble when you go in and take possession. i just push them down, you can just walk across. Huh? Paul and Silas, they're in jail. You know, the Bible says, and at midnight, you know, you might be in a midnight of your life. You may be, you know, experiencing whatever, but at midnight, the Bible says they prayed and sang praises unto God. I don't know if you've ever been in that circumstance before, but a lot of times you really don't feel like praising and praying. Huh? We all have that. I mean, there's times in our lives that's the last thing we need to do, but I'm telling you, it's exactly what we need to do. And so they began to sing praises. I mean, they were in the midst of the belly of the bowels of this prison. And all of a sudden, all these prisoners going, what in the world? Hey, we're trying to get some sleep yeah. up here. Can't you quiet down?" The they probably sang even louder. Yeah. Then sings my soul. I mean, I don't know what they were singing. But they were excited. Yeah. Huh? And guess what? Suddenly. Another, hey, I'm going to do a new thing here, you know? These guys are praising me, praise God, I'm going to do something about what their situation is. Suddenly, everything in that place started to shake, glory to God. I'm telling you what, we need some praising and some praying that causes some earth-shaking in the world today, amen? And I'll tell you what, if you'll do it in your life, do it by faith, fight the good fight of faith, trust God in what it is he said, I will guarantee you life will be different. Glory to God. Don't put your trust in men or people or whatever. They always disappoint. But I'm telling you what, God never does. And you can live in the comfort of knowing, praise God, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. I mean, if he can change Paul Elliott's life from a sinner to a saint while he's incarcerated, he can do anything. He can do it in your life. He can do it in my life if we'll just but trust him. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Why don't you stand with me, if you would, please. Woo! Everybody say it together. God, God I'm, ready for a new thing. I'm ready for a new thing. God, God I am ready for, a new thing. I'm ready for a new thing. Glory to God forevermore. I'm telling you what, where there's discouragement, God wants to replace it with encouragement. Hallelujah. Where there's sorrow, God wants to replace it with joy. Are you listening to me? There's things God wants to do right now here in this house where your life is concerned. And I tell you, you could take hold of it. I mean, whatever it is that you identify, I talk to you about the church, man. I'm telling you what, I believe I receive huh? a new thing where our church is concerned. Hallelujah. And it may be something more personal where you're concerned. But I mean, you know, here's the thing, you guys, so many believers, they're swimming around in a stress pool. Of doubt and unbelief it's time to believe it's time to trust in what it is that God has said about you know what it is and 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 people are drowning and and instead of being able to live upon and on top of the promises of God does that make sense to you Glory to God. So, you know, let's believe God. Let's receive whatever it is that we have need of. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. See how he leads us. Father, we love you today. Come, Father, before you, and we thank you for all that you have done and that which you have promised and the things, Father, you desire to do in our lives. And so, God, as I pray, I thank you for these, your people. Whatever their needs may be, it may be finances, it may be health or healing, it may be whatever, Father God, I'm asking you to allow them that faith would rise in their hearts, hallelujah, and that they would receive whatever it is that they need within their life. Father, maybe they need forgiveness, maybe they need to be forgiven. Father, you stand ready to do just that. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, I want you to let your heart agree with it. And whatever your need is, dear friend, I tell you what, praise God, you just get after it right here, right now with God, and He is going to meet you. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today with a thankful heart because of all that you have promised. And Father, I believe you. I believe your word. I believe what you said. And I believe I receive my need met. In Jesus name and I thank you Lord for coming to my aid and I call it done in the name of Jesus and I thank you for it in Jesus name now while your heads are bowed your eyes are closed no one's looking around please everyone's in an attitude of prayer sometimes you know I talked about the underlying circumstances And sometimes people don't receive because there's things in their life that block what it is that God wants to do. And that might be you. I mean, I don't know. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying that if you have something in your heart and you know it, I mean, you know, it's not like it's a secret or a mystery, but you know it. But, you know, I want to give you an opportunity, praise God, to tear that wall down today and you're the only one that can do it and thank God you can you can do it as an act of your will as a matter of choice and life can be different so I'm going to lead you in a prayer I want you to just let your heart agree with it it may not apply to everyone but all the rest of us let's pray with them for the need that's in their life say this with me dear heavenly father I come today without reservation and I ask you for forgiveness in my life for this area that I know exists. I decide and I choose to turn and walk away never to visit this place again. And I thank you Lord for your grace and your mercy in my life today. In Jesus name.